This is Clutch Crew Sports. Hello and welcome to all. This is Zach here, back with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. On this podcast, we discuss topics ranging from NBA, NFL, college football and basketball, as well as daily fantasy and fantasy football advice. This podcast is featured on Anchor.com, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, and more. For updates about the show, visit our Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram pages at Clutch Crew Sports. Hey guys, this is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. Today I'm joined by Eric. Connor is on a vacation right now, so he's unable to join us in the call. But we are going to be talking about some new things on this show because now the NBA Finals are over. We're going to have more of a focus on the NBA offseason. We're going to share our thoughts on how Game 6 went last night. We're going to show you guys our DraftKings results. Just a little heads up. They weren't good. And I know spoil I'm, it. <laughs> <laughs> I know I made my double lock uh, last episode, which is uh, unfortunate that I came off as very confident on that and didn't perform well. But I have a have a little bit of an excuse for that so there's that going on and then we've got some nba news to talk about it, it, this episode is mainly going to be nba centered uh just because there's not really a whole lot of news going on for football and college football we're going to talk a little bit about college basketball in particular a graduate transfer that is deciding between a bunch of different schools and we're not going to talk about the NBA draft yet because we are probably our next episode that we come out with is going to be a fully a full episode dedicated to the NBA draft and our prediction. So Connor, Eric, and I will all predict. I, I don't know if everybody's going to make the call. Yeah, for it. I, I don't know if I'll be able to be in this one yet, but even if I'm not, I will uh, make a some kind of spreadsheet with my rough draft predictions and I can send it to Zach and Connor and they'll get it up on the screen for you guys. And yeah, for the, for the YouTube, I would definitely suggest for this next video to watch it on YouTube if you can, because it's just going to be easier to follow along with because we'll have a kind of like a PowerPoint presentation with our mock draft and we'll, and maybe I'll put in even a little bit of that, you know, draft music, you know, the do 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 with they, the third they, pick. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that that stuff, dude. That like that's classic, man. So hope like I'm I'm gonna try and put that in because that's so iconic, you know. When you hear the do 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 do, so we're gonna have like little pictures of players and teams and stuff. So it's gonna be a fun different kind of episode because that's like all we're going to be focusing on in that one and then after the draft we'll you know talk about it a little bit and if there's any big surprises or obviously trades with anthony davis being a potential um a potential trade with draft picks going on so there there could end up this draft could end up being pretty significant for the for the rest of the league Usually rookies don't have a big impact on the first season that they play in, but 
you know, Zion Williamson is very capable of delivering a, a great season for New Orleans. So you never know. And obviously trades with current players could shake things up quite a bit. I remember a couple of years ago when Jimmy Butler was traded from the Bulls to the Timberwolves, that was a that was a big deal. So if there's something like that or even bigger, that's gonna be something to talk about in the follow up episode to that. So those are some those are some of the events planned for the next couple podcasts that we're gonna be doing. And Obviously, if there's breaking football news, we're going to cover that, too, because this isn't just a NBA channel. So that's just all that's being in the sports world right now that we really know about, like golf and baseball. We don't really follow. So uh, the NBA, NFL and college is what we're going to be mainly talking about. And right now, it just so happens to be NBA. But once we get into October, September, that time of year, it's going to be mostly all football because NBA might be going on, but most people are going to be tuned into the NFL and college. But with that being said, the closeout game, final game of the NBA season last night, the Raptors won 114 to 110. Uh, the score looks a little bit more than it really was because this game really did come down to the last possession. With there, there was like 0.9 seconds left, and Toronto got some free throws. But it was Golden State had a chance to win it. They had nine seconds after. Well, this was after a careless pass by Danny Green. He almost cost the Raptors. If 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 the Warriors had won this game, we would be having a totally different discussion on how careless the Raptors played the end of the game because they really got away with. I mean, they got pretty lucky, obviously, with the injuries and everything. But even as far as the end of the game went, they almost blew it again with that turnover. Golden State forced a turnover by Golden or by Toronto with about nine seconds left. Danny Green had a bad pass to Siakam that went out of bounds, gave Golden State the ball, and I believe they were only down by one. So if they all they needed was a two point shot to to take the lead. I could be wrong. Maybe they needed. Yeah, it, 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 it was, it was one point. It okay. Was one, it was one point. point. Yeah. So it, it was only a one point game. Golden state called a timeout so they could inbound it, uh, on the, on their side of the basket. So they, I mean, they got a pass off to Draymond green. At first it looked like it could be a turnover by golden state. I wasn't sure if green was going to be able to hang on to it, but he was, and then he gave it up to Steph and Steph actually had a pretty clean look at a three-pointer, but he ended up missing it. He missed it pretty badly, and there was kind of like a fight for the rebound. I, Golden State got the rebound, then they called the timeout to draw the technical foul because there was only .9 seconds left. That was their only hope. If they had a timeout, that would have been better for them because then they could have tried to get a miracle shot but i mean after that it was it was over essentially uh, there was you know a very small chance that golden state would have been able to intercept a toronto pass and shoot it from like half court and make it but steph actually did have and eric i don't know if you paid attention to the end of the quarters but at the end of the first quarter and at the end of the second quarter steph yeah those you know those shots he almost on, made 
Oh my god, that I he almost made them. The, like, the first one especially, yeah. Like, it, it looked like that one was going in, and That's, when it didn't, I like. <laughs> I mean, it like you would believe it because it staff like, like obviously you don't think it's going in, but it's he's done it before, so you got to give him the respect of the ability to do it. But that like that first one, I was like, oh my god, is that going in? But it it was like you know the crowd was like, huh. Ooh, and then they like, like sighed because it was it was like the build up that I mean the the roar yeah you you could tell they the got crowd. like really yeah. excited for a second and then uh, and then oh like they wanted to blow up but they then the disappointment mm-hmm. kicked in yeah you don't expect those sixty foot shots to go in or whatever however far away it was but he missed them I mean if he'd made one of them that could have been a difference in the game but. He he missed a, a much more realistic shooting of a three point shot in those closing seconds, like I said. And then then Toronto was able to get the win. But the main storyline in this game is the Clay Thompson injury, and he's ended up suffering a from a torn ACL injury. So obviously a significant serious injury that he had, and it was crazy that he was able to come back onto the court to shoot those free throws. And he made both of them. I was shocked by that. I thought, and then I was also shocked that he didn't come back because I figured if I figured with him coming back, like walking back into the game to shoot those free throws, I thought, Oh, maybe there's a chance he'll be able to come back because if he ends up not shooting those free throws then he gets disqualified from the game, he couldn't come back even if he, was healthy. So he had, he did that, I think to protect himself from the chance that he'd be able to come back. And then mm-hmm. a few minutes later, Doris Burke reported that he was done for the game. So I was thinking, you know, mate, that was kind of weird because he shoots those free throws and then they immediately foul Siakam to get him off the court. So really you're just kind of can canceling out those free throws with Toronto shooting some, so that was kind of weird. I thought they should have let someone else shoot him, but Clay doesn't come back from the game. And I'll put up the stats here. He had thirty points in thirty-two minutes. He was sensational. Four of six from three pointers. He shot ten. He made ten of ten free throws, and I want to say like nine of them. I don't know if he got fouled on two three-point shots or if it was three, but. He got fouled on at least two. I, two, I believe three. he got fouled on. Well, I would say three, but then he made those. Maybe two, another one yeah. did. Uh, maybe it was just twice. Maybe yeah. Look, because the math wouldn't add up if it was three times. Yeah, that's but, what I was thinking. Yeah. So, but I thought it was three times two. But either way, it was twice that he got fouled on three point shots, which is pretty rare for any game, let alone a finals game, when you know players are much more aware of their fouling or at least they should be probably one of them was Kyle Lowry, but <laughs> your favorite player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, uh, Lowry was, he saved himself from a potential meme from his performance. He was probably, I mean, Siakam was good. They, they tied each other in points, but Lowry's plus minus was plus 16 by far the, the most for probably any player. Clay's was plus five, the biggest for the Warriors. Uh, Quinn Cook, man, negative 16. That's bad. 
But <laughs> <laughs> and that was a part of my DraftKings problem. He didn't play very well. You don't expect him to, but this is interesting though, just now looking at this. The Warriors, of course, they have their five starters, and then they played six different players. So they played eleven players in the game in Toronto only played eight. So, you know, Golden State was trying to use everybody they possibly could to, you know, Andrew Bogut played some minutes, Yurepko played some minutes. Uh, not for very long, but they they tried everything. You know, they they tried to they tried, especially with Clay going down. They you know they had to play Quinn Cook more minutes, and that I mean the Clay injury was was the turning point. It was to me this was the best pure basketball game that I watched out of the five or not six games. I didn't watch game four, but. I mean, the, there was 14 lead changes at the end of the first half, so that just tells you how competitive and how back and forth it was. And it was great. Like Toronto would go up by five, Golden State would knock down a three and get a, some free throws and be tied again. Toronto would score. Golden State would take the lead for a little bit. Toronto would take. It was just, it was just a back and forth game, and it was pretty good. It was high offense in the first half, and. It, it was a close game, and and it was one where you, you were thinking, oh, it's going to come down to the to the last minute or so, and it ended up doing so. But then when Clay got injured, it was it felt like the Warriors had no shot. It, it just felt like everything that was with all the injuries and everything happening that it was Toronto had, was seriously out matching them with their starting lineup because. You want to go Lowry or Curry? I'll go with Curry, even though Lowry had the better game. And then you know you've got Kawhi or whoever. Even just Dalla, looking at the like, yeah, just looking at the the Warriors starting five compared to the Raptors starting five, it's it's a big mismatch in favor of the Raptors. So when Clay went down, and plus Clay was the best player I think in the game for both teams. Really, uh, you know he ended up having the most points out of everybody and still missing that fourth quarter. So, you know, game six, Clay, they kept mentioning it. And I, I failed to meant to talk about it in the podcast of the last episode, but Clay is notorious for having great game sixes. Uh, they said his, like he scored 41 against OKC that year in the conference finals, they played the thunder the last year that Durant was on OKC, I don't know if Eric remembers that being a Thunder fan, but <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, Sadly, but yes, yeah. So Clay, for whatever reason, Game Six Clay is like a thing where he plays amazing, and I didn't even think about that in the last episode, but it was it came, you know the the narrative was true again for this because uh, he played he played very well. And I believe if if he hadn't gotten hurt, I believe they would have the Warriors would have won the game because they were winning at the point when Clay got hurt, and it would have just been another offensive threat for him because Golden State only scored twenty two in the fourth quarter, which was their least amount of scoring for many quarters. So they obviously missed his offensive uh, threat, and defensively, he you know he had. 
two steals. So he was playing well defensively for him. So I think they really missed that. And then, you know, if you, I think past Warriors teams would have been able to handle this better because it seemed like the past Warriors teams had a deeper and better bench where they could recover from an injury like this. But this bench on the Warriors is not very good. Probably one of the worst benches in the league. And they weren't able to compensate. So to me, those were the big takeaways from the game. But congrats to Toronto winning their first finals. And, you know, people will say the injuries and everything. You know, they they definitely got some breaks with not just this series, but Joel Embiid was sick and injured in a bunch of the games against Philly. So they they definitely had a easier road. So, but I mean, you still got to win the games, and that's all that matters at the end of the day. Nobody's gonna, you know, be able to take this away from them. So, congrats to them, and they, you know, they with that trade with Demar Derozan earlier in the year, it was one of those trades that was very, on paper, it was very questionable because everybody's assuming that Kawhi Leonard's a one-year rental player, and he's also coming off a season where he didn't really play at all. So, whereas DeRozan's like the face of Toronto, he, you know, he's their, he's like their superhero guy, you know, he's like committed to the city, he's their star player and everything. He he loves the team. The team loves him. So you make you trade him away for a guy that's potentially only staying one year. But I think everybody on the Toronto side anyways is happy with the trade because even if he only stays if he leaves them in free agency, they've still won their first ever championship. And if he leaves probably their first for a little bit longer because I if he leaves I don't think they're gonna be back in the finals. But they do have a good team around them for the future. You know, Siakam, I think he's like 27 or something, but he's really turning in, into a star player. And Lowry is all, I mean, as much as I make fun of him and, you know, criticize him, he's still an all-star caliber point guard. He is definitely in the top 50% of all point guards in the league. And then you've got, Young guys like Van Vliet, who somehow he went undrafted. I don't know how, because he was a pretty good player at Wichita State. But Gasol and uh, Danny Green, Powell, they've still got a really good team around them. So they're going to be back in the playoffs for sure. And Nick Nurse is a great coach. It'll be interesting, though, I think, the Warriors to see if their dynasty, so to say, has ended. But I don't think their dynasty has ended just because when dynasties end, they usually drop off really quickly. You know, you look at the Miami Heat and LeBron leaves and they, you know, they struggle to make the playoffs or the eight seed or whatever. I I don't think that's going to be the case with this Warriors team. I still think they're going to be a top seed in the West and I still think they're going to be competing for the finals. So I don't think the Warriors dynasty has ended, but it's definitely taken a hit. But I'll let Eric give his thoughts now on on what he thought happened in this game. Yeah, Zach definitely covered a lot there. <laughs> I, I made I, a lot of great points. <laughs> and it's, yeah, I, I really 
went on, man. I I, I just kept well, talking. Well, it's so. okay, man. You were in the zone, and uh, it's all good, man. No worries, no worries. There isn't really too much else for me to add, but I guess what I will say in terms of just watching the game, Zach definitely did a great job analyzing how the game went from start to finish and the key takeaways like the Clay Thompson injury and stuff like that. I guess for me, like what I'll talk about is this game was really weird for me to watch emotionally, if that makes sense. Because as Zach said, the game was really back and forth in the beginning and it was really fun to watch I didn't know how it was going to go and Kyle Lowry hit three threes to start the game and the Raptors had that big run early in the game, which is not what I was expecting. I was expecting Golden State to be the team to get the hot start with it being the final game in Oracle and Kevin Durant had just got hurt. They wanted to win it for Kevin and I was expecting the game to start the other way around. I figured... And I think I mentioned it in the last podcast that that's what I thought was going to happen. But if I didn't, then I'll say it now. I thought the Warriors were going to get off to the hot start. So when Toronto did, that kind of surprised me. And I was wondering if we were heading into a blowout because while Clay Thompson had a great game, he wasn't getting the ball a lot early on within the first few minutes of the game. And I think Looney actually got their first two points. It was their first two baskets. It was really weird. I want to say, I want to say five, a good four or five minutes into the game that Kawhi clay and Steph and Draymond, none of them had scored any points. It was Mm -hmm. really weird. It was fun, but it was weird. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I I was not expecting that. And that type of thing hurt my DraftKings lineup, which we'll get to uh, later. But so the game was going back and forth. I know the Raptors had a three point lead at halftime. And as Zach said, there were a ton of lead changes. So I was having a great time watching this. I was messaging Zach and Connor. We have a little Facebook message group, a world chat when we talk about stuff we're going to talk about in the podcast or talk about the game that we're watching or whatever. And we were all talking about it, how, we were really enjoying watching this game except for how our uh, DraftKings lineups were going. (laughs) We were enjoying everything else. And so then we get into the second half and the Raptors had the three point lead. And then it once again, continued to be back and forth. And then Clay Thompson goes down with that injury and my emotions just almost did a complete 180. Like it wasn't, it wasn't like I was suddenly rooting for the Warriors to win the game, but because of this, when the Raptors did end up winning the game, I just, I didn't feel as excited as I felt like I would for them. Cause even though I'm not a Raptors fan, mm-hmm. I'm always cool with whenever there's a team that's never won a championship before, getting their first championship. I'm always, I'm definitely, I'm never going to complain, especially since my main sport is being football. I'm a fan of a team that's never won a Super Bowl, uh, let alone ever yeah. been to one. Yeah. So it's always cool for me when 
a new team wins a championship. So, but when Clay went down, it just didn't feel right. I don't know. And then also what made it weird was at the very end of the game, like Zach mentioned, when there was the, when the Warriors called the timeout, even though they didn't have any, which drew the technical, Kawhi shot the free throw and made it. It looked like they were just going to inbound it. It was going to be over. Oh, Toronto wins. And, but then there was that weird thing where Iwadala fouled Kawhi before yeah. the inbound, so then they didn't count that. And then they were <laughs> reviewing so long, it for man. a long time. Oh, I, I, yeah. I was like, what is taking I, so long I think here Ka- to figure I think, this out? I think Kawhi even said, like, it's okay. Like, it's fine. We want the game over. You know, like, I think he was even, like, you know, like, just trying to say, like, hey, like, nobody, you know, the Warriors don't want to drag this out and we want to start celebrating. Like, I think both teams just wanted. Yeah, you know, I mean, I I understand that. I mean, technically, the refs did make the right call because Iguodala yeah. did foul him before the inbound pass. But what I didn't understand was why was it taking so long for them to review or do whatever it was they were doing? I mean, that lasted a good five minutes at least. And my thoughts on the reviews are, I believe that these reviews should take, you know, 45 seconds or so. And that's it. It, It's, you know, you, you put a clock on when the official starts watching the play and you give them 45 seconds. And if they can't decide that the, the call should change, then you stick with the original call. It's got to be obvious to be overturned. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if you can't see it obviously being a wrong call, then you just keep the original one and, and go forward because it takes so long, these reviews, it really draws the enthusiasm enthusiasm out of the game. And this one, the game was already over at this point. But normally, you know, these games are, you know, high, you know very exciting. And then the reviews happen, and it's like, oh, we got to wait. So, Yeah, well, and especially, I could understand them. I don't I mean, I don't know how they would come to some kind of agreement with this, but to me, if it seems like it could be a really important situation that could really affect the outcome of the game where it's like, man, we really need to get this call right, in that type of, in that type of instance, I'm okay if they take a little more time. But in this case, even if if they let the foul go, then the game's over. If they keep the foul call, which is what ended up happening, Kawhi's going to shoot free throws. Most likely, if he misses the first one, he probably just misses the second one on purpose so they don't have time to grab it, mm-hmm. the ball and try to shoot it really quick or something. I It just seems so pointless. Now, I know for yeah. Raptors fans... Obviously, they didn't care because they knew they were about to win the championship. So they're in celebrating mode and they're happy. And for Warriors fans, they didn't really care either because they knew the game was over and were dejected and just ready mm-hmm. to get out of the building or whatever. But for a fan like me who was just watching as a neutral fan and wanting it to be a great game, it definitely dampened the spirits for me a little bit. So. Because of the clay injury and that weird call at the game at the end of the game that where they had to review for five ten minutes, it just felt weird. But anyway, my ultimate thought at the end of the game, as Zach mentioned, Steph Curry 
missed that three-pointer at the end, which he had a pretty good look on. So he missed usually, the bat too. Like, yeah, yeah. It, yeah it I mean, it wasn't as bad as the Kyle Lowry one in the other <laughs> game, but it was not a great shot. Yeah. Even though he had a pretty good look at it. So normally, I do my rants at the end of the episodes, but. I want to go ahead and do my rant now. And today I'm ranting on Steph Curry. So before I rant on Steph Curry, I like Steph Curry. He's a cool guy. Most of the time he's a great player. I have nothing but respect for him. However, in this instance, I have to go off on him a little bit. And not just it's not just on Steph Curry, too. It's also on people that were defending him that got me going a little bit too. But I felt like Steph was a ghost for a majority of this game. I know he had 21 points, but I remember Zach had mentioned in the last video when Kyle Lowry had a certain amount of points that it just felt like a quiet, it was like you said it was like the quietest 20 points you'd ever seen or something like that. Yeah. And I feel like this game with Steph Curry and Kawhi Leonard too. I felt like both of the star players for each team were a little disappointing in this game, but more so Steph because the Warriors were the team that lost the game. I just felt like I mean, as we can see here, he was 3-11 for 3. Now I know like 3 of those as I mentioned were like full court shots, so I'm not going to judge him for those misses. But he still overall did not shoot well in this game. And he, everybody says that he is the best shooter in NBA history. Uh, There's a lot of people that say that. I, I would, I would agree with that. And I would agree too, in the sense normally in terms of how he hits those deep threes and everything like that. But for whatever reason, the only reason why I don't know for sure if I could say that, it seems like when the games are in the highest moments, when it whether it's in the playoffs or the finals, or whatever, especially in the finals, it just seems like he comes up short in that big moment. And I would mm-hmm. love for him to be successful in the big moments. Like I said, I think he's a great player. He's a great guy. I, I feel like... You know, he's relatable to a lot of people. I, I would have been, as much as I wanted the Raptors to win, if he hits that game-winning three, I'm cool with it. I, I, don't, I don't hate the guy. Mm-hmm. And, but I just feel like when the game is in the big moments, he's not been able to step up. And I felt like, especially when Clay Thompson went down, it's like, look, man, KD's already out. Now Clay's out. You're the he was the only true jump shooter really left on that Warriors team. And I felt like he needed to come up big and he didn't. Mm-hmm. He I mean, a lot of the the commentators were saying during I could even rant on them too because commentators were saying during the game, "Oh, I like how he's not trying to force shots and I like how he's passing when he needs to and which is all good. And people that are defending him are like, Oh, well he averaged 30 points a game and which he got 47 in that one, which really skews the average. But 
um, they're saying, oh, he averaged 30 points a game and he was getting double teamed and triple teamed the whole game. How can you give him slack? He was not being double teamed and triple teamed on every time where he took a shot. Because when he was being double teamed was when he was passing the ball, which is the smart thing to do in that situation. Mm -hmm. But when he had looks, he wasn't getting them. And especially at the end of the game, it's like the game's on the line, man. Your team is yeah, definitely. You, you, cause he was, you say he got 47 points in game three when Durant and Clay were out. They were out the whole game for both of those, for that whole game, both of those mm -hmm. players. And he got 47 points. So where was that Steph Curry in game six in an elimination game when you're down three games to two, three games to two trying to force a game seven? It, it's like he just vanished into thin air. And the people that were defending him, I'm thinking, how can you defend him? There was a stat that came up, too, before – I don't know if you saw this, Zach, but before the Warriors' uh, final possession there, and it said something to the effect that he was, this, oh, yeah. he was 0 for 7 and tying or go-ahead or go shots with under 20 seconds left and in, during the NBA Finals throughout his career. Yeah. Like, that's not good. <laughs> no, it's, it's not. And so I don't know. This, for me, to me, Michael Jordan will always be the best player of all time because it didn't matter if he was getting double teamed. He found ways to get open, and then he made the shots more often than he missed them. And just because of how clutch he is, that's why I, I, I always feel like he's going to be the greatest player, at least right now. I don't think LeBron's better. I don't think Steph's better. I don't think Kobe's better. There's really not anybody else you could consider saying is better than him I right mean, now. But yeah, no, right, not right now. But I mean, I I always put Kareem in in that discussion too. He's he's my number two all time player. Um, yeah, I mean, Kareem but, is the all time leading scorer, so yeah. I could see a case being made for him, but. But with I, these I've current got players, I've got yeah, this number one. But with these current, that could be a future topic. Mm -hmm. Be like our yeah. top ten players of all time or something. See, guys, we just we think of stuff on the fly here at Clutch Sports, <laughs> <Definitely>. you know. <laughs> just so we came up with these rants and current events. Like we're just making stuff up on the fly, guys. We, yeah, we can we can make a plan and be impromptu at the same time. <laughs> but th th that pretty much concludes my rant. But I I ultimately felt like Steph Curry was the ultimate reason they lost this game and i know i believe zach you had mentioned it in a previous podcast where we were talking about future nba finals mvp predictions mm -hmm. and i believe you had mentioned that you felt like clay thompson would be the yeah, warriors mvp if they had won at that time when we did the podcast i didn't necessarily feel confident with that especially even though the warriors lost game three when steph had that 47 point mm -hmm. game i thought i would have said no nah, it's probably still going to be steph but if Klay Thompson had not gotten injured, and if the Warriors had won game six, and assuming then if they were to go on and win game seven with a healthy Clay, I agree that Klay Thompson probably would have been the finals MVP. And I don't necessarily think he's a better player overall than Steph. I think Steph is a better player in general. But I feel like in this series, Klay Thompson was better. And then how would that, consistent. how yeah. would that, yeah, he was more consistent than anything. Like Steph may have had a couple better games, but Clay was better overall yeah. throughout the whole seven or well, it would have been seven if they had won. Mm -hmm. So 
I don't know, man. And to me, that just for people that want to say Steph is an all-time great or one of the greatest players of, or uh, even maybe the greatest player of all time. How can you really say that though, if he would have four championships and not have been the finals MVP in any of them? Yeah. And you could even say, well, you know, for two of them, Kevin Durant was there. Okay. That's fine. He's another all-time great player. But what about the first one when Andre Iguodala got it? What about mm-hmm. this one where it would have been Clay Thompson that got it? Yeah. That to me is almost more of a hurt to his legacy than a help in a weird way. I mean, obviously getting the championships is a good thing, but if you're trying to build a resume to where you're an all time great player, it doesn't look good when in all of your championships, you never won the finals MVP. Mm -hmm. So, whereas Michael Jordan was obviously the MVP all six times. So, and he had, you know, he didn't have as great of a cast as, the Warriors would have had going into this if they were all healthy, but he did have some good players on that team, but obviously he showed his dominance when he needed to. And mm-hmm. his finals numbers are crazy, but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but so I, you, you know, you could argue that DeMarcus cousins had some bad moments towards the end of the game or, yeah, I, I talked you to could, you about his missed free throws. I, that, yeah, his missed free that throws. Me, I, was, I was disappointed with that, but I, I can definitely see why it's Steph. You're Steph's supposed to, he'd be the leader of the team and their number one option, especially with clay gone. So, yeah. But, and I just, I, I felt like it was weird. I just felt like he disappeared and, a game. I mean, he was only six of. I mean, I'll say six of fourteen because of the three half court shots, yeah. the full court shots that he took. But still, six of fourteen is under fifty percent, which for Steph is not a good standard for him. Yeah. It just he had the three turnovers. It just he uh, what he needs just is, didn't. <laughs> he needs the uh, the Dame time clutch gene because because Dame he makes those game winning shots. But yeah, see, that's Steph, the thing. I mean, you could you could argue, you know, if if it's if you're in the if you've got if you're a coach of a team and your team is in the NBA Finals and you can pick a point guard to take the game winning three point shot at the buzzer, who are you taking, Steph or Damian? And oh, I'm you could argue, Damian. even though yeah. most people might say Steph is the better player. Yeah, I mean, look at that three that he hit to knock my thunder out of the playoffs. My God, dude, that was an <laughs> insane shot. I was like, there's no way he's making this. Oh, my yeah. God, I can't believe he actually made that, you know. <laughs> so you could definitely argue that. So, man, I yeah. talked way longer about the game, too, than I thought oh, I would. Oh, it's cool, man. It's cool. Um, yeah. So but, there's, your rant. Mean, this, there's your rant for this podcast, guys. That was a good rant. <laughs> and earlier you were saying, oh, I don't think my rant's going to be that long. But it was a good rant, I think, because – it wasn't like an emotional rant too. Like it was a logical rant, you know? Yeah. And I, you know, obviously I'm not bashing Steph Curry as a player. I'm not saying Steph Curry sucks or that he's terrible, but I just feel like he didn't come through when his team needed him. And I, I found it. And then I guess I just found it even crazier when I saw people all over the internet and social media saying, Mm -hmm well, how can you judge him? He had a great series, and I'm like, I could argue Clay Thompson had a better series, and or he was double-teamed the whole time. Like, no, he wasn't. Maybe he was <laughs> He was being chased around a lot, but yeah. that's, why, that's why in those situations where if he's being double-teamed, 
you find ways to have somebody else hold the ball, and, set some screens, have him run around, and then come open off oh, of a pick or something. You know, you don't. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. He's he's like the bet to me. He's one. Of, he's probably the best player that he doesn't need the ball in his hands to get a shot because he'll give it up to somebody and he'll run around the court like, or he'll run not the whole court, but the half court. He'll run around the half court like three times before he gets open. Like his mileage is like near the top of the league, and like oh, sure. how how far he you know how much he runs during games. So he's constantly moving. So defending him is tough, but yeah, you know, and that's give, what they needed. That's what they needed to do more of in that situation when he was being double teamed. Don't have him running up the court with the ball with two defenders around him. Of course, yeah. he's not going to get an open look in that situation. Have, have him get it to Draymond or Livingston or anybody else. Have some some of the big set some screens, move them around. Like you said, even if it takes three or four times. Eventually, he's going to get open. Then he gets an open look and takes the shot. That, mm-hmm. That's how that's how Steph thrives, as you said. Yeah. Whereas, you know, if he's double team bringing the ball to the court, he's not necessarily going to be able to find a way to create himself a great shot in that situation. But give him a couple mm-hmm. screens, move him around. I don't know. I just that, so that that upset me even more when I saw people saying, "How could people say that he was the reason why they lost?" Like, well, he. He kind of was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So moving on now from that, we're going to talk about the DraftKings. I don't want to talk about this too much because we did talk a lot there about the game itself, which was good, you know. But the DraftKings lineup, this is probably the worst one that we've ever had. And the only person who won and he got fifth place was Eric's friend Robert, who finished and in fifth. Shot. Shout yep. out to my man Robert. Yeah, he uh, he did better than all of us. So, <laughs> and then Eric got seventh place. I got ninth place. Connor got tenth place. And I know I was, you know, very confident with my prediction about you know double lock, double lock. But I I think one other person had Clay as their captain. But other than that, I had you know I had Clay as my captain. And when he got injured in the third quarter, I I texted the guys and I was like, well, that's it for me because. I was in fifth place a good part of the night, and I believe Connor was actually in sixth place, and I had like a five to six point lead over Connor. And the main difference in our teams, while we might have had like, you know, our last our our worst guys on our team might have been different. Like my worst guy was Quinn Cook. Connor's was uh, that Damian Jones guy or whatever. Yeah, yeah, Damian Jones. <laughs> And then Eric had Yurepko. Like those guys, I didn't really factor in because they're you know barely playing. But the the only real difference between our teams ended up being our captains because you know a lot of us had Clay, but I had Clay as my captain. A lot of us had Kawhi, but Eric and Connor had Kawhi as their captain. So the way you would you know get a move move up and down from especially because. The top three guys all had Kyle Lowry, who had a big night, and Siakam had a big night too. Let me look at this first guy's lineup to see. Demarcus Cousins, he outperformed his contract for sure, or not his contract, his uh, <laughs> his, his, his fantasy teams, value. I mean, it's kind salary. of a contract, yeah. It but, kind of is. Uh, but Iguodala was a huge one for them to start. The only bad guy I see in this list is Danny Green, so that's a great lineup. But these guys, and you know. 
from probably like fifth through ten. Like uh, like you see like only only um less than ten points of a difference between ninth place and fifth place. And that was all because of the captains, because we all had the same group of people going. And Eric, I guess, was the closest out of all the podcasting crew to Yeah, I was finish. I was six points away yeah. from finishing in the money, so but I mean personally I think if Clay hadn't gotten hurt, I think he could have kept and he still finished the game with the most amount of points, fantasy points, as of any of any player. So I think he would have only improved his game and I had him as a captain, so I was more reliant on him than anybody else was. And I feel like I would have been able to hang on to that fifth place if he had been uh, been healthy for me. So that's my excuse, so to say, for finishing in ninth. And we don't, you know, there's no game seven, so we don't have another lineup yet. But we are still going to be doing DraftKings for, you know, we'll probably do them occasionally for NBA throughout the season. And then obviously NFL NFL will be doing them. Yeah, NFL will be doing them, and normal fantasy, you know, just your classic fantasy football league, we'll be talking about those sort of strategies also. But that this wraps up, like, the finals games, and it's going to be a different dynamic when you've got, say, eight games playing on a night, and, there, you know, that opens up the door for a lot of different players and a lot of different strategies. But, you know, this one we... You know, I had to keep picking the same players and stuff. It might have gotten kind of boring to listen to. So that'll be the future for the DraftKings. Yeah, the yeah, when we do the NBA regular season and the football regular season, it'll definitely get a lot more interesting because most likely, even if the three of us are in it, and I know Zach has some friends who are football fans that might play with us, even if there's five or six members of clutch crew sports in the podcast will probably all have completely different lineups and cause we'll be picking from 14 to 15 different games as opposed to one game where it's only two teams, six games in a row. You know what I mean? So Correct, yeah. for those of you that have listened to that the whole time, we appreciate your patience and I don't, yeah. especially Robert who played with us a couple of times. I hope, hope he had fun and yeah, he looks like he finished in the money once and didn't finish in the money the first time. And then I know with our, with our success, Connor got first once and finished in the money another time. And Zach and I finished in the money the most, but I finished, we had, we I got had a four couple out of six. Correct. So I believe, I believe I had four out of six also. And then I think yeah. Connor had two out of four or something mm-hmm. like that. So yeah. we all had between 50 to 75% win results which i think is fairly good because it it's difficult to win yeah in daily fantasy every especially time. this um this mj guy he's clutch man like i don't he's been in like probably five of our six lineups and i want to say he's won every one of them this guy's good uh and so i, I want to give a, a shout out to him i have no idea who he or she is but they they definitely pick good lineups. I will say that you know we every time I saw that 
username was in the game, I was like, oh man, this guy's good. It's not a well, you know, there's a situation. <laughs> there's the MJ Michael Jordan's got you know this yep. person has the clutch, clutch. gene, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so that's it for DraftKings. Now we'll talk a little bit about our you know this is kind of a way too early free agency sort of little segment here so this is a big year for free agency you know normally there's sometimes where there's years where it's like who you know you don't the maybe the 10th guy on this list you know you barely heard you barely heard of him but this is a pretty deep list and it's pretty pretty strong really you know you've got durant but with durant's injury i don't think he deserves to be number one because he's probably not going to play but he if he signs a long-term deal like i guess it's going to be big news but if it's if he keeps his player option as it says the po stands for player option so if he accepts that and stays with the warriors i don't think that's yeah then he'll shatter and he'll come up again next year Mm-hmm. I mean, if he keeps the player option, that'll be one more year, and then, which it obviously with him and Clay Thompson both getting injured, that definitely throws a curveball into all of this because who knows it? Kevin Durant most likely would have declined the player option if he was healthy. Yeah, even if he stayed with Golden State, he would have declined it, and then tried to get a little more money or something if he was going to stay with Golden State. But now that he's injured, I'm sure he's going to take that guaranteed $31 million while he rehabs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's what I would and do. And the Warriors will probably accept it too and, and hope that he might be able to come back for the finals for next year. You know, Because they have a good enough team to, you know, to be able to win without him so it's it's going to be i think a win-win for him and the warriors to it potentially make a comeback because you saw it with demarcus cousins how he missed a big chunk of the year they didn't need him to play he could just rest for him and come back and be on a guaranteed playoff team you know so mm-hmm. i think it's it's probably going to make sense for him to stay with them with the warriors possibly get another championship i mean what you know what team is more likely to win probably than golden state but Anyway, so we've got him, and then Kawhi. This is going to be the most interesting one out of them all. I'm even if he stays with Toronto, I'm fairly certain he's going to decline that player option. He's going to get max dollars no matter where he goes. And oh, I, yeah. and really quickly because I don't want to talk about this too long, but all you know, I think the the top three candidates to land him are the Raptors. In well, I'm only going to focus on two. The Raptors and Clippers, I think those are the only two realistic suitors for him. And he's an L.A. guy, so it could it could be the Clippers. Because the Clippers are really the better run and better managed team in Los Angeles. I know LeBron's on the Lakers, but the Clippers have a really good team. You know, their team is much better than the Lakers are. They made the playoffs, the Lakers didn't. You could say that they're better right now without even with LeBron, you could say that the Clippers are better. They're much better managed, and it he, he could stay in Toronto, though. I mean, I don't think anybody would fault that, but it, I think it's just going to come down to his preference and what he wants. Now that he's you know won in Toronto, he he obviously believes he can do it again, but he might want to go elsewhere. And then Kyrie Irving almost certainly isn't going to be going back to the Celtics. 
Uh, it looks like we saw a report that said that he's probably going to the Nets. So that's going to be interesting to see. You know, those reports usually end up being true. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah, for me, it's just, I'm just, I mean, I guess if he's from there, I could see why. But if he's coming from the mentality of wanting to win championships, I'm not really sure why he would want to go there. And I, I don't know if he's really a good fit for the Nets either because they also have D'Angelo Russell but they well, play Russell's on, Russell's on the list here so he's a free agent so I where's I think he, where's he at on number, they have him as number 12 you see that okay oh and he's unrestricted okay yeah, I figured he would be a restricted free agent oh so he may not be staying there then. yeah oh, okay so, well, so never yeah, mind. I that think... changes my thoughts on that because <laughs> at first I was like yeah. well they play the same like they're both shorter point guards. Like, mm-hmm. there's not really a fit there. But I guess if yeah. Russell leaves, then that yeah, that, my they, argument that would there, be, but... that would that'd be a weird combination of both them. That's a very, very poor defensive, you know, from your guards uh, lineup. Yeah. Uh, so that's Kyrie. Well, I mean, we're gonna talk more in depth about all these guys. Kemba, I saw somewhere where he wants to stay in Charlotte, but. He's open to hearing other teams, but I think it. I think there's a good chance he stays with the Hornets. Uh, that's the fan that, or that's the team that Connor's a fan of. So he'll be able to talk more about the Hornets. But they don't have a great team around them. But for yeah, if, if he uh, wants to win a championship, I don't. Get, yeah, I don't wants, think staying there's the best move. Yeah, probably not, but. I do know with the way that these NBA salaries work, you get more money if you re-sign with the team that you're on. So if he ends up wanting to leave the Lakers or something, he the max money he can get from the Lakers is I want to say like thirty million less than he can get from. So that's you know financially it would make sense for him to stay there, but it's going to come down to his preferences and. He does yeah, for sure. obviously like the Hornets because he hasn't demanded a trade or anything like that. So he's got, you know, so that's that's a positive and hope for Charlotte. And then Clay, I'm 99% sure, you know, he lo- he's a Warriors guy. So he's, I think he's going to come back. Obviously, the Warriors want him to come back. That's, I think that's a no-brainer. Kristaps is a restricted free agent, but... They're gonna, you know, he's got the RFA. Da- so Dallas will match yeah. whatever. They, yeah, they, they didn't, they didn't trade for him just to <laughs> then let him leave. Like the, yeah. they're gonna, they'll match whatever <laughs> offer another team gives him. Yeah, Cousins is a wide open guy. I haven't really heard what team's gonna be suiting for him. Butler, the Lakers have been the biggest name or the biggest or the most frequent team to come up with his his discussions. Uh, Please God, no. <laughs> um, Vucevic's interesting. I know the Magic will want to bring him back. I don't know if he will be back, but I think it'd be. I think as a Magic fan, I'm kind of excited for the possibility of him resigning because he's a he made, he actually made the All Stars on in this year's previous All Star game, so he he's an All Star center and. I have my hopes that D'Angelo Russell will sign with us because we obviously need a point guard and I think we would have the cap space to sign him and it's a I mean that if D'Angelo Russell 
and Vucevic sign with the Magic, that's a pretty solid team overall because they've got Terrence Ross, who's a really good sixth man. They've got Aaron Gordon signed under contract for like four years or so. He's pretty good. And Fournier's not bad. They've got Jonathan Isaac, who's a he's probably a no, I think he's going to enter his third season. His first year, he was injured a lot, but he played really well against the Raptors in the playoffs. And they've also got Mohamed Mobamba, uh, who was their rookie pick from last year. He didn't play a lot because of injuries, but he's you know he's going to be great defensively. You know, he's got like the biggest wingspan in the NBA. So, you know, they've got a. I think the Magic have a have a solid team. Probably one of their best teams that they've had since Dwight Howard left and they made the finals back like 10 years ago or so. But if D'Angelo Russell signs there, I think that that'd be huge for him and that could potentially bring him up to like a top four or five seed in the East next year. So, uh, but then you got Tobias Harris, Chris Middleton. I'm not sure why JJ Redick is 13 on this list, but there's still a bunch of the, a bunch of good quality guys on this list. There's a lot of Bucks players on there, so it's going yeah, to be there, interesting there to see what they do because you know, next year they want you know next year they mm-hmm. want to give Giannis the max. So Middleton is definitely going to decline that player. I know that player option's really cheap, so he's going to decline that. Brogdon they'll probably bring back. He's restricted, and Lopez will probably move on from him because he's going to get a lot of money somewhere because he had a good season. But that. Um, that will wrap up our little free agency talk. And really quickly, I don't want to comment too much on this, but I'll show you guys the the ESPN came up with these power rankings, way too early power rankings for next year. And they've got the Bucks number one in the power rankings. They've got Toronto number two, Philly number three, Denver number four, Clippers number five. And in, in case you're like me, when I was reading this, I was like, well, where are the Warriors? The Warriors are six. So this is an interesting... I didn't go through and see all the teams. I guess the Lakers are eight and Rockets are seven, but really quick, let's just see where the Trailblazers and Thunder are. So the Trailblazers are 10, the Thunder are 11. So those are two pretty close teams. Obviously, they you know, face each other in the playoffs. They're pretty evenly matched, but no, the Lakers are eighth when they didn't even make the playoffs. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, so I don't have, <laughs> you know, I actually have a lot of problems with this list, but I'll say the one that people might be like have problems with that I don't actually is Denver at number four. Denver's a really good team, and they've had virtually no playoff experience. And so they, I think they're only going to be getting better. I guess the Clippers, I think Kawhi's coming there, but then uh, the Raptors are still two. So the the way that because this was voted and taken averages of, so I guess some of these voters thought Kawhi's going to stay with the Raptors, so they put him number one. Some of the voters thought he was going to go to the Clippers, so that boosted him. So I don't think. I, I definitely don't think this is how the standings are going to finish out in this order. Yeah, because we obviously can't go to both. So. <laughs> yeah, if, yeah. So no, like one of those teams isn't going to be in the top five, and then I don't know about the Bucks being number one. They were good, but 
I, I can't. They could be losing yeah. some people. And, yeah. Which is going to be. Same with the 76ers, you know, so. Yeah, because Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's probably gone. Maybe they bring maybe they bring Harris. Tobias Harris back, but uh, Jimmy Jimmy Butler, from what it sounds yeah, like and the reports I'm hearing, is definitely gone. I mean, he got traded there, so it's not it's not like he chose to be there. He uh, obviously got traded from the Timberwolves. It's it's been a weird road for him because he got traded to the Timberwolves and then he didn't want to be there anymore. So he got traded to the yeah. 76ers and then now he doesn't want to be there he's, anymore. He's bouncing around for sure. I'd be a little weary of that. If mm-hmm. I'm an NBA team potentially bringing him in, but it seems like the Lakers have a ton of interest in him and please Lord. No, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, I don't want to see LeBron have another super team. He's already had two. Well, That's enough. <laughs> the way I see it though, is like, LeBron is trying to, I mean, I guess before Kawhi, let me go back to the free agent list, but, you know, LeBron, I think, was hoping to get, like, a Kawhi or KD, but I don't think oh, either he would ever come in. And, or in Kyrie, too, so I think he's having to well, he's wanted like, to get Ken he's Butter, wanted to get Clay Thompson in the yeah, past. Clay's he's been trying to get, yeah. he's been trying to get Clay Anthony Davis in a trade. This. Yeah, I think Clay should be above Kemba in this list, but that's just a... Random guy. I'm not going to debate that or anything, but I think Clay is better than Kemba. Um, well, the, only, but, the only reason why yeah. I would say, of course, then again, KD is number one, which he has the injury, but yeah. I would just say Clay shouldn't be there because of he's obviously not going to play half the season next year, whereas oh, true. Kemba yeah. Walker will be able to. So if I was signing for the short term, I would take Kemba yeah. Walker, but if, if I was signing somebody for the long term, I'd take Clay Thompson. Mm-hmm. So all right, yeah, that's good. Um, so I'll kind of fill in the the miscellaneous news that Connor usually shows up or that Connor usually presents. But this is another NBA news that we didn't talk about. But Masai Ujiri, who is the GM for the Raptors, is under investigation for, I guess, battery of a police officer at in Oracle. So I guess he was trying to go celebrate with the Raptors and a police officer just assumed he was a normal guy or a fan or something. Cause I guess he didn't have any identification on him that he was important, you know, an important guy. And so he, you know, had a confrontation with the police officer where he like shoved him out of the way or something. And the police officer tried to fight back. And it just seems like a messy situation which is interesting, you know, just kind of weird. All like when I, I was surprised by this, you know, and so I I don't know why this happened. Really, it shouldn't have really happened. If he had an identification on him, he should have just shown it to to the police officer. And if he didn't have an identification on him, why didn't he have you know have like they mentioned it's like a gold wristband or something. Like, why didn't he have that? It, it just seems kind of weird. Was the police officer at fault? We don't really know. They say there's like a video or something. I haven't seen the video, but it's uh, it's an ongoing situation, so we don't know too much about it. But kind of just weird overall. Yeah, it's um, gonna be interesting to see what happens going forward with it. But I don't know. Like you said, I I don't really have anything yeah. to add to that, but it, that, that's okay. just a weird situation. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and then we talked about this actually in the last episode where the Texans were being sued by the Patriots for tampering, for hiring a Patriots front office man for the GM spot. And now it's there. The Texans have, and this is pretty recently, 927. We're recording this at 1140. So this is really recent, but they have decided that they are not going to hire that guy for the GM position. And the Patriots are now, now the Texans aren't going to hire him. They, they don't care about the lawsuits. So they're going to drop that. So, you know, it, it seems like interesting. So I guess the Texans did tamper with the, you know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, uh, if you're, if you're innocent, you wouldn't, you know, cave into this sort of thing. So I, I think this is, yeah. this is pretty clear that the Texans did tamper with this Patriots guy. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. And Patriots it, must've had serious evidence and been like, okay, you want to yeah. <laughs> hire him from us? Well, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, so then the so. Texans were like, uh, no, thanks. We're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pass. It's been kind of a weird offseason for the Texans. We'll get into more NFL offseason talk later, but to me, they didn't have a very good draft, and I can't recall who they signed. I know. I, yeah. I, I, I feel happy <laughs> saying that as a Jags fan. I am perfectly <laughs> fine with the former division or for the, the last season's division champion to not be having a good offseason, but they fired their GM. It seems like you know they're kind of in a little mess here trying to find a GM. They fired one after just one year. Kind of surprised, you know, kind of weird. I And they lost Tyron Matthew. I, I Like I said, I can't – maybe Eric knows somebody they signed in for agency. I can't think of him off the top of my – whoever it is off the top of my head. Um, um, so I can take a look real quick while you're yeah. wrapping it up, and if I find anything, I'll okay. – But I can't, cut think, in. I can't think of any up like right now. So – and I think – a lot of people said they had the worst draft out of all the teams. So they, you know, they, they seem to be having kind of a tumultuous offseason. And then the final topic that I want to talk about. Oh, they did actually get, sorry, they did actually get okay. to Sean Gibson from the Jags. Yeah. So they, which I, I mean. mean that's a downgrade, though, from Tyron Matthew, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not sure if they play the same safety spot, but Gibb, he kind of you know, teetered off at the end of the year. He's not the same as he was before. So yeah. I mean, he's, he's a starter for him, but he's not like an all-star, not an all-star, but like a Pro Bowl safety or anything. But I yeah, did. It looks like there are other, other only like major signing move was they also signed cornerback Bradley Roby. Okay. Who was with the Broncos for a few seasons. Yeah, he, he was pretty good. Um I don't know the b- between like the losses and the gains. It it doesn't seem like they've had a very a very good. All- I think the teams in the division all have gotten better while they haven't. So it's gonna you know that's to the AFC South. I think is gonna be the most competitive next year. But you know we'll we'll save that for more NFL talk. We'll talk. We'll do like division talks and stuff. So, but the last um the last story I want to talk about is college basketball related. This is probably our first college basketball news and discussion, but the consensus uh, best graduate transfer, and there's a lot of graduate transfers out there, but 
the guy that most people say is the best is this guy named Kerry uh, Blackshear from he was playing at Virginia Tech the past few seasons and I guess he's considering a new program but a lot of people think he's you know I think a lot of people say he's going to be transferring it says he announced his plans to transfer after their coach left and he's visited with Florida Arkansas going to visit with Tennessee Kentucky and maybe Texas A&M so it definitely sounds like he wants to go to the SAC and he's considering Memphis. So there's a lot of visits. And it says Gonzaga in the mix. There's, there's a lot of different teams trying to get this guy. A lot of big-time teams. You know, Florida's a big-time team. Arkansas had a bad season last year, but they're usually pretty good. Tennessee and Kentucky were really good last year. A&M wasn't very good, but I guess that coach is going to A&M that he used to play for, so they're potentially it could be a favorite in this sweepstakes sort of deal. And Memphis is having a great recruiting class. So, and this guy, I'll, I'll put up his stats here for you to see 15 points, seven and a half rebounds, 50% shooting. He's a junior. And you know, he, he was good for Virginia tech last year. I, I didn't watch many ACC games, but I know Virginia tech had a good season and he's definitely a guy who, and he's a forward, by the way, too. Six foot ten, two fifty. So he's definitely a guy as a Tennessee fan that I'm hoping he sign. You know, not signs, but decides to commit to Tennessee. Uh, he'd definitely be starting for him if if he ends up going there. I don't know the current rosters for the other teams as well, but I'm sure he'd be if any. I'm sure he's going to be starting wherever he goes, considering he has all these teams wanting him but you know the college game is you know it's evolving where you know for football and basketball there's such a big deal in how about these transfers and it didn't used to be the case it used to be like you know the the guy stays with the school for four years and then gets drafted but now it's all these and especially in the nba it's like these star players stay for one year then leave and then these you know they might stay for two or three seasons and then they might end up going to a rival team. Like it's, it's, it seems like it's getting more professionalized with, with how these transfers work. But like I said, I hope he comes to Tennessee, but not going to predict it or count on it or anything such, but just, just, just some wishful yeah. thinking. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I've been hearing, that's how I brought, that's how I knew about this topic is, I saw an Instagram post where it had this guy and it said, and it showed a bunch of teams where he's considering and Tennessee was one of them. So it caught my eyes. And uh, I mean, it's pretty big. I mean, for college basketball, this is probably the biggest news out there where he's going to decide to go. And I do know that they have some investigations going on with like the recruiting scandals and stuff, but uh, that stuff's kind of still it's not really resolved yet, so we don't really know what's happening. I saw a report that said six schools are going to be getting penalties for some violations and such, but we don't know what six they are, so it'd just be speculation. I don't want to do that. So I'll wait till the facts come out on that. But this uh, this is going to be an interesting story, and we'll report back to you on where he ends up going. 
So, Eric, if you have any word, last words on this, I'll let you go ahead. No, I think you covered it all with the current events. There were some definitely good points. This is unfortunately kind of the dead season time of year for most sports, except for baseball fans, which unfortunately Zach and I both just aren't mm-hmm. huge followers of or anything. But there's definitely going to be other news to come out, of course, that we'll talk about. And we obviously are going to have the NBA draft special coming up that Zach mentioned. So there will be that to look forward to. Yep. In the meantime, you can follow us on all of our social medias. I handle the Twitter account. That's at Clutch Crew Sport. Couldn't put the S in sports. It's too long. Too long of a Twitter handle. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why it's that's why it's at Clutch Crew Sport instead of sports. So, but that's the Twitter handle. I know for our YouTube channel, you can either search Clutch Crew Sports or search the channel name Mr. C Dog Fifty Four. That's Connor's YouTube channel that he's using. Zach runs the Instagram and Facebook, so I'll let him share that info. Yeah, Facebook, just type in Clutch Crew Sports, and you should find it. And same thing for Instagram, Clutch Crew Sports. You should be able to find it. I will say Facebook so far has been the probably the most up-to-date with all the posts and everything. So that's the so far, that's been the one where we've been putting every episode out on Instagram. I, ha- I don't have too much going on there yet. I plan on posting more of that stuff though and twitter eric is you know pretty he's pretty involved with the twitter account i'll give him that yeah i'm I'm very active on there he's got 58 tweets yeah i try to post a couple things a day Mm -hmm. if you mention me in something or message me i will definitely get back to you so yeah so get those followers yeah (laughs) twitter is a great source to follow um and i I mentioned this in the last one, but I'm going to try and make a meme every episode or so, or before every episode. So the Kyle Lowry one was the first one I did, and the last one, I'll pull it up actually for the YouTube audience. You're seeing my personal Facebook feed right now. Um, but the the meme I made here was about Draymond. It's taken a while to load, but this is just for the YouTube audience too, to see, because we've got the share screen on. But I made this meme here, calls Kawhi, please come join us. Uh, mainly, if you don't understand what this is about, it's a reference to his 2016 when the Warriors lost to the Cavaliers. There was reports that he was crying in the parking lot after the game, begging Kevin Durant to come join them. So <laughs> this time, you know, Kawhi is the top free agent. So he's calling Kawhi, pleading his case to join the Warriors, which I, <laughs> if Kawhi joins the Warriors, <laughs> I mean, that'd be the most shocking thing ever, but I guess it's possible. But yeah, you said Raptors and Clippers as your top two teams. Yeah. So you, you forgot to throw the Warriors in there. <laughs> <laughs> You never know, man. You never know. They they definitely recruited Kevin Durant heavily and and won him over, you know. Uh, but 
Yeah, so that that that's going to conclude the episode of this podcast here. It was a pretty, you know, I think this is one of the more inform like we I feel like we did a pretty good job of of analysis on the game. We had a lot of time focused on that, so not so much more of a predictions video. We kind of did light predictions for the free agency, but mainly an analysis-focused episode, especially that first 40 minutes. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to our our takes on everything. Uh, Eric and I agree for the most part on a lot of what we said. So hopefully you guys thought, thought it to be interesting, informative, and enjoyed it. So with that being said, though, this uh this episode is now over. <laughs> See you guys later. Yeah guys, definitely. Yeah, so follow us on the social media handles. We'll be getting more content out as soon as we can. And for those of you that have been listening and sharing, we appreciate it and you know, hopefully we can keep growing and giving you guys even more in the future. So I guess that'll wrap it up. Yep. So with that guys, peace.